That is Jack White, and I'm a believer from the Jojo Rabbit trailer, the first one, and it is maybe one of the coolest songs I've heard in 2019. Uh, Welcome to the Monday Morning Critic Podcast in the Academy Award Oscar edition and my top five movies of 2019. So everybody has a top five list. I get it for movies or a top ten list, and everybody has a podcast seemingly now, so I get that too. And time is at a premium. You know, I, I value the people who listen to my podcast. I value their time. If I'm going to put something out there, I believe there's quality in it. I believe I'm not podcasting to hear my voice. I hate hearing my voice. I, I'm podcasting because I enjoy speaking with guests. It comes from, and I've said this a million times, it comes from a place of passion in my heart. I really love doing this, and I don't want to waste people's time. You know, on the way to work, I've been thinking about this, and I've been, you know, I I work a few jobs, and one of the things that I really, who I really enjoy listening to on the way to work is Howard Stern. And without giving you my full rundown of what I think of Howard, I'll break it down very simply. He has evolved. Like, I think no matter what field you're in, if you're an actor, if you're a director, if you're a podcaster, if you're a coach, whatever you are, I think you have to evolve. I think you have to look at your product. Like many times I'll look at it, I'll listen to, and I hate my voice, like I said, but I'll listen to an interview and I'm like, God, that was a horrible interview. Sound was too loud. You're asking the same questions for the fifth interview in a row. So that's why I try to evolve and shake things up. I mean, slowly but surely, I think I'm getting there. I mean, I, I have a lot of work ahead of me. I realize that. But like I said, I value my listener's time. I, I believe it's a premium. And, you know, I, I do believe what I put out there is 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 worth your time. It's worth your endeavor. But anyways, my, my point about Howard Stern is that he evolves. He, he hasn't stayed the same over 30 or 40 years. You know, he was the shock jock. Now, now if you listen to him, he, his advice on anything, it could be exercising or food or how, how he handles his spare time. Like it's just everything that man does is so well thought out and detailed. I'm just envious of that. And you know, when he does call himself the king of all media, he is. He is the best interview on the planet. Like, I mean, he was interviewing, and I think it was a show from the past, he was interviewing Miley Cyrus, who I could care less about. I mean, I don't hate her or anything like that, but I could care less about the interview. When I pay attention to a show like that, I want to hear what Howard is asking his guests. Like, what is he getting at? And it's it's just such a free-flowing well thought out. I mean, clearly he does his homework or some of his staff, they work together in those meetings that Howard's always talking about and they craft the questions, but they're so well done. And it's clear how hard he's worked and his staff has worked. And he's just such a genius. He's so phenomenal at interviewing. And and, and I guess my point is in a, in a long way, I, I just feel like, you know, if I'm going to crash and burn, I'm going to do so by putting effort and heart into it. And so far, you know, three, four years later of podcasting, I think I've done a decent job. I'll put my, and I've said this before, I'll put my guest quality against anybody. And I, and I feel like my podcast is certainly worth people's time. So I, I do want to thank you for the millionth time for listening and downloading the podcast and coming back. Um, that does mean the world to me. So um, on that end, I, I, I thank you. I am recording this 
about an hour and a half before the Academy Awards start. It's about 6.25 Eastern right now on Sunday night. I am recording this with the hopes of getting it out, at least before the Academy Awards, telling you what I hope for, giving you my top for two thousand my top five for 2019 and giving you my thoughts about what I'm about to see in an hour and a half. So it'll be interesting to see how close I am. Um, I do have some great interviews coming up, so stay tuned for that. Um, before I get going, if you guys want to contact me, it's Monday Morning Critic on Instagram, MDM Critic on Twitter, Monday Morning Critic at gmail.com. Those are three ways you can get a hold of me. Um, the podcasts are available everywhere Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, I usually post it on my Instagram. If you're looking for a quick link, I can certainly set that up. I'm available on Facebook too. So check those out. Hopefully, you'll find it interesting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Um, getting out some really quality content in the near future. You know, I have a lot of great interviews coming up and um, hopefully you appreciate that. So thank you for those of you reaching out. Appreciate it. All right. All right. So let's do this. So as I mentioned before, everybody has a podcast. Not everybody has one now. Um, and I would say of that hundred percent of podcasters, I would say 20 to 30% of those podcasts are actually listenable where you'd want to come back again, right? It's like a restaurant. You ate there once. Was it good? Would you come back again? Yes. I would consider that a good podcast. I believe my restaurant, my podcast is one where, yes, you would go back here to eat again. Um, there might be some slight bias behind that comment, but that's what I think. Uh, and I'm, gonna har- I'm a really harsh critic of myself. So that being said, um, I have a guest coming on. His name is Nigel Bluck. It's already, the interview's already been recorded. I have to do some editing. Um, there was some bouncing of echoes and sounds, and I have to edit it. So that's coming out this week. Nigel Bluck is a fantastic cinematographer he did the he was the dp for that's director of photography for uh peanut butter falcon he did a lot of work on lord of the rings he's he's, he's got a amazing amazing filmography so as with many guests i was listening to um an interview that nigel was doing on another podcast and i'll and i'm going to get this podcast name and the host name out there because i do want to give him credit he was he was in this the listenable 20 to 30%. He had Nigel on, I want to say about a year ago, and this podcaster was so freaking good. Um, the questions he was asking, you could tell he's so well-spoken. Um, it, it, you could tell he had a love for cinematography, movie making. Like when I listen to this podcast, I'm like, this guy loves what he does. So to hear that, because I don't always hear that, and there's a couple I can think about the top of my head that are atrocious. It it doesn't come from a place of love. It doesn't come from a place of passion. It's just like, why are you doing this? Like, it doesn't even, it's so unlistenable. As opposed to this podcast I was listening to where he had Nigel Bluck on, the guy was so good. And I'm going to, on the next episode, I will release that podcast and the podcast, um, podcaster's name, because I have to give him credit. He was so good um, in interviewing Nigel. It was just such a, it's just so refreshing to hear another podcaster not the famous ones I'm always talking about, you know, not Howard Stern's not a podcaster, but you know, him, the Joe Rogans of the world, Bill Burr, all those famous podcasters, Adam Carolla, um, you know, the, the, the little independent guys like me and people like us, it's nice to see them, see people like me just doing a great job with what they believe and what they love. It's just, I love it. So yeah, my next interview is with cinematographer Nigel Bluck, and I, I'm going to give credit to the podcaster um, whose interview um, I listened to before my interview with Nigel, and I'm just getting some information, and just a really interesting thing. So um, I don't want to shut on all podcasters. So that being said, everyone also has a top five to top ten movie list. And I, I would say 
I'm 46 now. Since I've eight, nine years old, I've been watching movies my whole life and watching them over and over again. I'm the guy who went through VHS tapes over and over again. I mean, I think I went through like three Field of Dreams, uh, three or four of The Natural. Um, Shawshank, I blew through a lot on that. I, I've just, my point is, I, I love movies, as, as many of you have noticed. And, you know, movies and TV raised me. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I had the two best p- parents anybody could ask for. Like, I am so fortunate that I had the dad I had, that I have the mom I have. Like, it's beyond words. So I'm so happy with that. But, you know, I'm also the nerd that was like, that locked himself in the basement and, and watched TV and watched movies. And I, at 46 years old, I'm making my way to the theater once a week to get up on things. In my spare time, I'm watching shows, keeping up with things. So I, I think, I, I don't want to say I'm an authority, but I think when I say something, it's not just a flip comment. You know, I see a lot, I watch the Oscars now, and there's a lot of these, like, guessing and pools and, and whatever with people that haven't seen any of these movies. I just, I don't know, it's like before going into the NFL playoffs, if you don't follow football all year and you're betting on who's going to win the Super Bowl, uh, to me that lacks a little bit of legitimacy. So, I don't know, I, I think my top five list has some credit to it. And the way I look at it is not so much what I think the top five movies of the year are. I look at it this way. If somebody had five movie passes and knowing what I know they said I need five movies to go to these are the five that I'm going to name that I believe are worth your money now that's not saying if I had to go to 10 there's a whole other category but I'll keep it short I want to keep this podcast episode short and sweet I look at it in my head is when I give a top five what what would I tell somebody else to either spend their money on or use a movie pass on if they can only see five so that being said here are my five movies. I'm going to start with one of the ones I saw in 2020, but it's a 2019 release, that I will be cheering like hell for tonight. Um, and that movie is Jojo Rabbit. I absolutely loved Jojo Rabbit. It is in my top five, and I'm not giving a specific order, right? It's just here are the top five. I went back and forth. So if I had I, – I, I really kind of – battled with a tie for number five because with my first one because I really a beautiful day in the neighborhood would be if I had to go tie would be here but I give a slight edge to Jojo Rabbit both movies believe it or not are kind of the same in the sense that both are just about humanity and kindness and just love And, and I know it's weird to say that about Jojo Rabbit about a movie who a kid who whose make believe friend is Adolf Hitler but the movie has such an enormous heart, Ugh, a great soundtrack, phenomenal acting. Sam Rockwell is in another stratosphere at this point. And Taika Watiti, the director who also plays Adolf Hitler in the movie, is absolutely, like, um, I was so caught off guard with this performance. Like, I mean, he hits a home run in two different roles. He hits a home run as a director, and then he hits a home run as playing Adolf Hitler. I mean, it's just so well done. And a writer, um, for that matter. I mean, he is so immensely talented. Uh Breath of Fresh Air. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is also a, a vampire movie that he's done as well. Um, also, there's two kids in this movie that are so good. Uh, th- this movie just sneaks up on you. And I had a tough time deciphering between this movie, Jojo Rabbit, and um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I mean, they're so similar as far as the message they're trying to send about humanity and just valuing people valuing life, valuing what people should mean to each other. They're so similar in that way. And 
I really hate separating these two. I want you to know that. I, I hate it. Um, but I would absolutely recommend A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood because it's so damn good. But Jojo Rabbit snuck up on me, and I hope it kicks ass tonight. I hope it cleans cleans up in every award it's nominated for. And I think it's got a long shot to do really, really well. Um, I, as long as the Irishman doesn't win, I'm good. I mean, I don't cheer for bad things to happen, well, to most people, but... But I just, I'm not a fan of The Irishman. I'm not a fan of this movie in any way. I think I've talked about this before. It is so overrated. Um, I do appreciate that it's a goodbye to these, or or a, you know, for, as far as them acting together, you know, Pacino, De Niro, uh, Pesci, you know, Pesci comes out of retirement. He, he does a great job, but, you know, it's just, I'm not cheering for The Irishman in any way, shape, or form. I didn't care for Martin Scorsese's comments on Marvel movies or superhero movies. I thought that was way out of place. Um, Robert De Niro is really weighing on me in every way, shape, or form in the last couple of years. So, you know, anyways, but Jojo Rabbit would be in at number five. If I had to go with a tie or a sixth, um, I do not want to rule out A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which I've done a review on. Uh, Tom Hanks is so good. There's so many people involved with that that have done a, a great job. Um, the other movie I wanted to bring up, I'm not going to say it's four, but my second one is uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. I thought the this movie was the most overlooked movie, right? When you're ignored by SAG, when you're at SAG Awards, when you're ignored by the Golden Globes, and now you don't get anything for the Academy Awards, it kind of bothered me a little bit because this movie deserved something. Uh, Michael Schwartz and Tyler Nilsson, the two directors, deserved something. I mean, this was their passion project. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is so good in this movie, and, and can we just start saying that this Shia is 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 a top you know ten to fifteen actor? Can we just stop? Can we start giving him that credit? Like he's no longer this guy that people assume is crazy that can kind of act. He's a fantastic actor. Like just can we leave it there? Like he is so goddamn good, it's ridiculous. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what his, what his abilities can reflect. I mean, he he is just so good. I mean, in the interview that I've kind of teased a little bit about that's coming out this week, um, the cinematographer I had, uh, Nigel Bluck, said, you know, uh, Shia comes off the plane right in, in his role, ready to go. I mean, and he was so wrapped up and invested into this movie. So many people were. Um, you had, you know, the, the boy with Down syndrome, Zach um, uh, Gotsigan, who does such a phenomenal job. I was hoping for a nomination for him. I don't Peanut Butter Falcon got really screwed. I mean, the movie visually looks phenomenal. The sound is great. The acting is phenomenal. I, I just, I was really, really disheartened that this movie was ignored by everybody. And it's, I'm really starting to get worried about those people with votes. I'm starting to think there's, there's many, most people that have a SAG card, um, I think I would like to think fulfill the responsibilities. The ones I know and I talk to um, on occasion definitely watch what they vote for. But I wonder how many people actually watch what they vote for. Like it just seems so political. Like websites are coming out, you know, or, or, or reputable websites are coming out with, you know, um, I don't like this actor. I found this movie boring. They're they're giving something personal that should be voted on a public voice. In other words. If you're an actor, you could say, sure, I love this movie, I love that movie, but to say this movie was boring and to be critical and then go under anonymous seems just cowardly to me. Like, I, I just hope SAG voters take their responsibility seriously. Um, a lot of people work very hard for these awards. Like, some people never come back to this stage again, right? The Academy Award is are, are a big thing. And it's some people, I mean, there's been actors that have, uh, Renee Zellberger tonight, 
she'll be there. She hasn't been here in like 20 years, I think, or it's been a long period of time. So some people come back over a length, lengthy period of time. Some people don't come back at all. So that really, I, I just hope SAG voters take their responsibility seriously and not see Peanut Butter Falcon, oh, that movie with Shia LaBeouf, oh, he's a big piece of this or piece of that. I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. I'm just going to ignore that. That's so unfair to him because he's the guy's a passionate actor. He's so honest. He's super supremely talented. I hope I hope SAG actors do right by each other. I really do, and, and give every movie the the attention that they deserve. Right? I hated The Irishman, and on a personal level, I could care less about what Martin Scorsese thinks about Marvel movies and what uh, Robert De Niro thinks politically. But I would still give everyone that worked really hard on that movie the attention it deserves. And I I hope that's what goes on. I hope that people don't look at Shia LaBeouf and say, you know what, I hate him. That guy's crazy. He's, he's this, he's that, he's whatever. And just completely ignore that. That would be so unfortunate to me if that's what's going on. I hope politics doesn't rear its ugly head. I hope being a part of SAG means that you're honoring the craft. You're honoring that piece of work. And I hope that's what people do. Because I know, you know, like I said, the people I talk to do, the SAG voters that I talk to are, take it very seriously. I just hope most people are like they are. Uh, because I, it's scary when internet um, reputable internet sources are leaking comments from SAG voters. I, I can't I can't do that. Like I, that bothers me a lot. So Peanut Butter Falcon, big disappointment, deserved the nomination. It's in my top five for the year, no doubt about it. Uh, this movie has a heart and a soul to it that's almost unmatched. Uh, please, Peanut Butter Falcon, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, the, my, my third on my list, again, no order, just throwing them out, would be Ford versus Ferrari, Christian Bale, Matt Damon. My God, uh, this movie is... I, I feel like this movie, people feel like, you know, Christian Bale has won so much that, you know what, the nomination is enough, right? Because in some cases with movies and actors, the nomination is the award, right? Being nominated is the recognition. It's not winning the award. Um, I don't know. I think this is, it, it's such a big budget movie. I, I don't want to call it underrated or um, overlooked, but I kind of think it is. Like, I was watching this movie, I've probably seen it three or four times now, I was there the, the, the weekend it came out. I don't know, I feel like the nomination's not enough here. So if Jojo Rabbit doesn't win, I'm cheering for all things Ford versus Ferrari. Um, really loved where this movie went. I just Matt Damon and Christian Bale are just so good at their craft. And I know I'm leaving a ton of people out right with these movies, I'm talking about just the headliners here, but there's so many people involved, I get that. Just a really, really well done movie. It's not, you know, race cars are, race car movies are a funny thing because I love them. Like, I'm obsessed with them. I love Days of Thunder. I loved Rush, you know, Ron Howard's um, race car uh, tribute movie. Um, I, I loved Ford versus Ferrari. Race car, NASCAR movies are kind of a funny thing. Uh, Talladega Nights, I can't leave out. Because as a sport, I hate it. I can't stand watching it. But as when they're made into movies, I love just, you know, focusing on the drivers, the competitiveness. Like, I love it. So Hollywood, I love the Hollywood version of what they've done to race car movies. But as a sport, if you call it that, turning left for four hours, not a big fan. I mean, I, I see boxing movies and I love boxing. If boxing's on, I'll watch it. And I love, you know, Rocky, Cinderella Man, on and on. But it's such a strange thing with NASCAR. I Some of my favorite movies of all time are some of the ones I just named. And I can't – I've never watched an entire race for NASCAR or Formula One. And it's not to belittle those that are involved in it. I just – it's just so boring. Um, but what Hollywood has done to it has made it interesting for me. It made it passionate for me. So I 
another reason why I love movie making and, and watching films. So the next movie, very similar, uh, very well-known movies, getting awards, getting recognized. Uh, I love Quentin Tarantino's passion. I think he's such a, I just love his perspective and, and where he comes from and his, what he feels about movie making. I mean, I remember reading about how he used to work at like a blockbuster or a VHS store. And that's kind of where Quentin's love of movies originated in that blockbuster, in that VHS store, just going through movies. Like, how do you not love that? How do you not love that? So that being said, um, I have to include Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love everything about this movie. Uh, Leo and especially Brad Pitt. I mean, I've been a Brad Pitt fan. People don't remember this. Brad Pitt early on was kind of a people, not me. Other people made him sound like a joke. You know, he's this great-looking dude who can't act. Uh, you know, they kind of mocked Thelma and Louise to some degree. Sorry. Like, Brad Pitt is a phenomenal actor, and I'm so happy he's getting all the kudos in this. Um, and his speeches are even ten times better. Like, he is universally loved. Like, in the same way, like, Ellen DeGeneres is, like, universally loved to some degree. And I feel like Brad Pitt is like that. People just love him. Right, he, he's poking fun at himself. He's giving these really awesome speeches, and I'm pulling for him tonight as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I had to categorize it, uh, I'm bouncing all over the place here, guys. But I'm trying to get this in by the time the awards start. Yeah, I'm cheering for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, namely Brad Pitt tonight. I'm cheering for Jojo Rabbit, and I'm cheering for Ford versus Ferrari. So that covers at least half the movies, I think. But seriously, I just think Brad Pitt has just come from a. He's just this phenomenal actor. I've loved him in Meet Joe Black. I loved him in just so many things. He's done Fury with, again, Shia LaBeouf. So he's done so many things, and I really can't say enough about Quentin Tarantino, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, I'm not going to – he's just so good in everything he does as well. So, yeah, I, I'm just – Brad Pitt, I, I, have a, I have a real soft spot in my heart for him because I've liked him since day one. I've always loved all of his work, and it's nice to see – People saying good things about him. People appreciating him because he is talented. He is so good in this movie as well. I just, it's just, a, it's just a wonderful movie. I, if I have to tell you to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you haven't seen it already, chances are you're not the biggest movie fan. But hopefully you can get to a you know rent it soon because it is so good. I mean, the movies like this should not be your first time viewing them. Should not be on Netflix. Should not be on Amazon Prime. Uh, should not be on Hulu. I mean, these are movies you have to go out and see. Um, Jojo Rabbit, I saw very late and I think a week or two later it was available on iTunes, but I'm the theater experience. Nothing compares to it. Nothing like, don't get me wrong. I I own a ton of movies in my iPhone. Uh, you know, by the way, side note here, for those of you that buy movies on iTunes, do you know that they could take the movies away on out of your phone without you knowing? And they don't, they don't have to say anything. So if you spent 10 bucks, let's just say on a, I don't know, uh, Titanic, and then iTunes, for some reason, stop carrying Titanic. You lose that money straight out, and you lose the movie as well. Read up on it. Google, you know, iTunes movie. Um, they can take it away anytime from you. And, and that's a little bit disheartening for me because I'm watching movies on the treadmill. I'm watching movies everywhere. My iPhone is is my, you know, that's, that's command central right there. I'm watching everything out of that. So, yeah, that's just a little disheartening. But anyways, um, really happy for Brad Pitt. Um, really hope that he gets the recognition that he deserves tonight. Um, love him. I know he's been. He won the Golden Globes. Uh, he won SAG. So there's a good shot here. He could. He could make it three for three. So I, I'm. I'm really cheering for him. And I. And I love Tarantino's passion. Um, yeah. So a lot of good things here. So 
coming into the last movie, um, I have Peanut Butter Falcon on my list, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ford versus Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, On the Outside Looking in, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Tom Hanks is so good as Mr. Rogers. Um, boy, but I, I sneakily have created a top six list and not a top five list. I get it, but I'm going with my top five. I'm giving you my concrete five. The last movie... I loved this movie, and I get really pissed when people shit all over this movie. I hate it. It makes me furious. I get irate, and they do it all the time. I was watching a website that deals with sports, and I, and I know the guy doesn't watch many movies. He does pizza reviews, and that's great because he's a phenomenal talent, awesome entrepreneur. Talk about how much he hated this movie. Like, are you serious? Like, you definitely don't watch a lot of movies, and that's what bothers me most is when people that don't watch a lot of movies – give feedback. Oh, that sucked. Oh, that was really good. Well, how do you know that if you have nothing else to compare it to? Like if you're watching movies once every two months and you're like, that was really good. That was really bad. Like there's no standard or point of reference to compare it to. I mean, the only people that should be talking movies are those that are there that are watching movies all the time. If you're not watching movies all the time, you shouldn't be talking movies. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just really adamant about that. You just can't. You know, I can think of a podcast. It's very clear the host doesn't watch any of the, the material his, his guests are in, whether it's a movie or a TV show, maybe on occasion, but he uses a guest-finding service. That's something completely different. It is unlistenable, and it's unlistenable for a few reasons. One, because of the host, but two, and mostly because of this, it's because he doesn't know what he's talking about. I can't do a, a podcast about baseball and not have him watch a game all summer. I, so I, I get really furious when people comment on movies and they really don't do their homework. They don't do the background research. Much like some of the SAG voters I've been hearing about lately. It just bothers me. Anyways, that being said, this movie, I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent. I'm, I'm going to get give myself another heart issue and end up in the hospital for over a week again. So anyways, um, this movie I thought was so good. I hate reading. You know, The internet is so toxic. I hate it. And sometimes I get sucked up into it. You know, we have those Star Wars fanboys and Marvel fanboys that are ruining things and wanting to rewrite movies. I've talked about that on a number of occasions. But this movie, I thought, I thought had such a big heart to it. And that movie is Yesterday, directed by the supremely talented, one of my all-time favorites, uh, Danny Boyle. Uh, Hamesh Patel is in it, Lily James. I mean, this movie is so good. And it stuck with me. I saw it earlier in the year. I want to say early spring of 2019 and it really puts an interesting thing on the table right an interesting question you know how much influence did the Beatles have you know and it not only and I don't want to ruin the movie for you but it doesn't just stop there it goes into you know what is relevant in our culture and and would life be the same without some of the things that we have in our life or in our lives that we that we you know our, our pop culture our, our, our standards of, of entertainment you know would, would things change it really puts an interesting discussion on the table, and it has one of the biggest surprises, uh, I guess, in an ending that I've that I've seen this year. And I I loved yesterday. It, it was in my top five from start to finish. Some of these movies creeped in and and, and at the last minute. Um, I would say yesterday was in it for the longest amount of time. I really loved this mo- movie from the moment I saw it, and the movie had me in tears. Like I I, I left the theater. I'm like. I just don't get how people are not talking about this or how somebody could call it boring. And I get it. It's all subjective. I get it. You know, my favorite color is green. Yours is blue. You know, we're both not right. I mean, whatever. I mean, we think what we think. But I I just think yesterday was not given the proper due. It is so good. 
a master director, some phenomenal actors. I loved it. I think Yesterday has a huge heart. And, you know, there's some movies you don't wait for Netflix for. This was one of them, I felt like. And definitely a movie I felt that didn't get its proper due in, in its respect. There's other movies I wanted to, to touch on. If I was to expand my list beyond five, here's what I thought was really good this year. I, and this movie was really underrated, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep was so good. Uh, Joker, I, I don't want to you know, sleep on Joaquin Phoenix. I love him. Super talented guy. And I think probably a good human being as well. Rocket Man was in and out of this list. I loved Rocket Man. Um, if I had done this podcast four months ago, it would have been in my top five, but it's definitely in my top ten. Um, love Taron Egerton. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Huge future ahead of him. Uh, just a great, great movie. Parasite, I would put in my top ten. Uh, we are looking at some groundbreaking stuff happening in that movie. And if you're one of these people that decides whether they want to watch or not want to watch a movie based on subtitles, that's a scary thought for me. Like, some of the best movies of all time have subtitles. Uh, that's like me saying, you know what, I can't watch a movie that's in black and white. That's just too much for me. I mean, it's it does sound really ridiculous when you think about it. Um, you, you know, Parasite's got a lot of things going for it, including their amazing director, Bong Joon-ho. Just You look at a guy that is, is groundbreaking. Uh, there's one right there. Uh, Parasite, fantastic. Um, Richard Jewell, I liked a lot, a lot. Um, on Netflix, small documentary called Tell Me Who I Am. I had both guests on my show. Um, I wouldn't put it in the, you know, obviously Academy Awards are based mostly on movies, short films. Um, that's more of a documentary. I loved that this year. Um, the most overrated, I thought, was 1917. I, I liked it a lot, but 1917's appeal doesn't come so much with the acting um, as it does with its cinematographer and its director, uh, Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins. That's the appeal to 1917. Um, and, and if Saving Private Ryan is the standard of war movies, if that's like a 10 out of 10 or a 9.5 out of 10, by comparison, I'd put 1917 at like a 7.5. Um, and if you're basing it on the cinematographer and director, maybe 8. But yeah, I, I thought 1917 was a little bit overrated. I, I don't cheer against things. I mean, I cheer for other things. But I, I hope 1917 doesn't win. And every movie I'm mentioning, I highly recommend. I, I stand by all my recommendations because I've actually seen the movies, unlike other people. I've seen what I'm telling you to watch. And I love it, right? Um, so, some other, other appreciated movies that flew under the radar a little bit. Um, Captain Marvel seems to be taking a lot of shit for some reason. I like that a lot. Um, I really like Brightburn. Um, it's very Superman-like, but it makes you... And when I say Superman, you know, raising a child that's fallen from the sky, you know, from a young child to an adult, it makes you wonder, you know, or what, what would happen if if that child grew up evil. And it's not necessarily a villain, but it, it's it's the Superman spin of, of what if, right? I love Brightburn. I'm, I'm not saying it's Academy Award worthy, but it's one of the better movies I saw this year. Um, I liked Dumbo a lot. People crapped on it. Um I'm not sure why, but I really like Dumbo. I think people were a little bit hard on Tim Burton with this. It was a good movie. Um, overrated. Uh, the Irishman, as you know, I'm not going to say that again. I thought Uncut Gems was a little overrated, to be quite honest with you. Um, Adam Sandler is a phenomenal actor. You'll never you'll never not sell me on that point. I get it. Uh, Rain Over Me is one of the best movies of all time. Um, he was so good in it. Uh, one of the best performances, I probably should say, is a more accurate statement. Um Lion King, unnecessary remake. 
Uh, hustle, nah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Um, I thought Knives Out was a little overrated. A little bit. Um, good movie. I love Ryan Anderson. I am not big on the um, the whodunit, let's go through piece by piece kind of clue scenario. Uh, that's more of a personal thing. Again, subjective. Um, it's a really well done movie. And Ryan Johnson's a really, really good filmmaker. But I, it's just not for me. It's just not for me in any way, shape, or form. Um, last year's winter green book took so much shit. I'll never forget Spike Lee, other people crapping all over it. I really hope whoever wins tonight that there aren't people in the, in the audience that are going to take away from that moment who have no business doing that. Right. Like, like Beyonce, um, and Jay-Z showing up an hour and a half late for the Golden Globes while there's somebody up there getting an award. Like how disrespectful is that? So I hope there's nobody that takes away from anybody's moment today. And I really hope there's people that just thank their parents they thank their, you know, a religion. They thank people they love. I hope we can stay away from politics because I've just about had it with Patricia Arquette up there talking about how awful, you know, politics are at this point. I just, it's a real turnoff for a lot of people. I have to say, everyone's allowed to talk politics. I get it, and I get it's a huge stage to do so. But I don't know. But just there's other other pressing people. You could talk about those you love, and you know, growing up, and who meant the, who meant the world to you. There's other things you could bring up in that moment. A mentor, an acting coach, a loved one you've lost that meant the world to you and believed in you and no one else did. There's so many other things you could be talking about. Yeah, the environment, it needs attention. But I just don't think this is the place to do that. Like, it comes across as phony. Just my opinion. Like, if you're really about the environment, do your thing. Do it. Don't just make it about, you know, I'm up here. People think I'm a really good person because in my 30 seconds to a minute, I'm going to talk about the environment and then not do anything about it the rest of my life. Because that's what it seems like a lot of people are doing. I just really hope that people don't, again, one, don't take away from the moment, and two, use the moment appropriately. Uh, again, what, what is appropriately? I, I don't think politics is, is, is in that stage is, is the right setting. That's just my two cents. And full disclosure, there's a few movie, movies this year that came out that I just will not watch based on, it, maybe this is being ignorant, but I, I'll own it. Um, I refuse to watch Cats. I refuse to watch Men in Black. I refuse to watch anything with Tyler Perry at the end of it. Um, I mean, I, I was looking at stuff online, and apparently that movie had no editor uh, this year. Uh, Angel Has Fallen, I'm all set. I'm all, there's just some movies I just can't do. I mean, um, I, I just feel like if, if, if the people that are making some of these movies don't take it seriously, then why should I? So, yeah, some of these movies I'm, I'm, a, I'm an easy pass on. And I got to tell you, I mentioned Howard Stern earlier, and, and Leslie Jones, the former SNL cast member, was on howard show and she was talking about um ghostbusters and it was really just a a a, a great I, i'm not a leslie jones fan I, I don't find her funny i don't find her comedy funny at all and i'm not a big fan at all but but i really appreciated and loved what she was saying her and howard were having this discussion and leslie was talking about you know how she was in the all-female reboot of ghostbusters and movies work in general because they're great movies. Ghostbusters was special, one, because of the time. I don't know why people continue to remake Halloween and they continue to remake. I mean, I, there's talk for another Joker movie. And people are continuing to beat down these movies. There's another Saw remake. There's another Halloween. It's like enough. But anyways, without going on a tangent on, on, on unnecessary remakes... Leslie Jones was talking to Howard, and she's in the all-female movie Ghostbusters, the all the all-female reboot, uh, the one re that completely bombed last year. And 
it's tough, I think, to be in that situation because you cannot remake a classic. Very rarely do remakes ever work. And they don't work when you want to make a when you want to base a movie based on who you want for your cast versus the story itself. So I don't know. I just anyways, they were having a discussion, Howard Stern and Leslie Jones. And she was like, you know, I was so honored to be in this movie, you know, and she was really proud. And I totally get that. Like, I get what she's trying to say. You know, she was talking to Howard. She said, you know, when we were all done and we wrapped, we thought we had a really great movie on our hands, you know? So I don't know. I I love the fact that she had so much pride in the fact that she wanted it to work. Obviously, her heart was in the right place. You can absolutely cheer for her and wanting it to work. And her point to Howard was, you know, I caught so much hate for this. Because there's, there's this thing where people think they own movies. They own a generation. They own a franchise. Star Wars, Ghostbusters, you, you fill in the blank here. And they were so bad to her online, Leslie Jones. Like, you know, she said to Howard, and I'm paraphrasing here, she goes, you know, I had so much pride in this, you know, all-female cast. And I was getting such awful comments online from other people, such hateful things said. And then I would click on the profile of these people saying awful things to me online about the Ghostbusters reboot, the all-female Ghostbusters reboot. She said I would click on some of these people's Twitter accounts or Facebook uh, pages, and it would be a guy with his daughter, a father with his daughter, a husband with his daughter, saying the most mean-spirited things about the the all-female cast. And i got to tell you, that's the problem we're having today. It's that the fans think... They can manipulate the movie. The fans think that they have grown beyond the movie itself, the product itself. And I just think it's very, very dangerous ground. And if you do get a chance to listen to that interview, it's really good. Um, Like I said, I'm not a big Leslie Jones fan. She's really loud. I don't think there's a lot of creativity behind it. It's, It's not for me. But I really loved her sentiment. You know, like I have these fathers of daughters saying the worst, nastiest things to me. And she's right. She's so right. Because they should be cheering for her. They should be cheering for the all-female cast. So uh, I kind of appreciated the conversation. Again, Howard's creativity and, and facilitating this wonderful conversation with Leslie. It's just it's just interviewing at its very, very best. So to recap, my five that you should see, if you had five movie passes and you haven't seen anything, Peanut Butter Falcon, Ford versus Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Yesterday, and Jojo Rabbit. Um, tonight I will be cheering heavily for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I will be cheering for Ford versus Ferrari, and I will definitely be cheering for Jojo Rabbit. Um, I hope you guys got something out of this. Uh, sorry for the rambling. I was trying to get it in before the Oscars as we speak. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Academy Award edition. Um, stay tuned. I got some awesome interviews coming up. Drop me a line if you want. Monday Morning Critic at gmail.com, MDM Critic on Twitter, fa- uh, Monday Morning Critic on Facebook. A Monday Morning Critic on Instagram, bunch of ways to get a hold of me. Uh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time and, and just know that it's it's really well received on my end and it means the world to me that you've taken time out of your life to listen to what I have to say. It means a lot. Thanks. Talk soon. Sagen, und ich fragte mich, ob es anders
Dann kommst du 